It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Almost another special retrospective edition, as it were. Second time in a couple of weeks already that we've had to do this, but we are doing so with Greg Olson because the news, of course, came this week that the Panthers and Greg Olson decided to mutually part ways after this season. Uh, it's It was obviously a tough decision for the team, but uh, they're it's pretty clear that they're going into rebuild mode and Greg Olson was not in those plans. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be very different to see him either in a different uniform or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. But uh, Greg Olson's time in Carolina has officially come to an end. Uh, Greg Olson came out and had a, and gave a post on, uh, on Twitter and I'll actually read through it here. He said, Today I had the opportunity to sit down with Marty Herney and have a great conversation regarding my future with the organization. The team and I are both on the same page that it is best we go in different directions for now. July 29, 2011 is a day I will always remember. It is a day that we set forth a life and career I had only dreamed about. From the day I arrived in Charlotte, the community embraced not only me, but my entire family. On the field, I will always cherish the nine seasons we shared together. The wins, the losses, standing in midfield, holding the house, trophy as NFC champs. The reality of going to the Super Bowl was beyond words, as was the disappointment of falling short. Off the field is where my family felt the warmest embrace. In 2012, upon the news breaking regarding the challenges our son would face, the entire Carolina community wrapped their arms around us in support. My wife, Kara, and I will be forever grateful for the love and prayers shared with us since that time. The best part of playing in the NFL are the relationships. I've been surrounded by the best teammates I could have asked for, lifelong friends that are truly my brothers. Through the wins and the losses, we have formed a bond that will last the rest of our lives. I would like to thank Marty and Mr. Richardson for trading for me in 2011. That has turned out to be the best thing that has happened for my career, and I am forever grateful. Mr. Tepper, it has been a pleasure seeing your impact on the team and community. I wish you nothing but the best going forward. I know you have big plans for this team and our community. Coach Rivera, P. Honer, and the entire Panthers coaching staff, you showed me what it meant to be accountable in your daily pursuit of greatness. Through my success or struggles, you never let me lose sight that there was more for me to chase. Coach Rule, I know we didn't know each other well, but it was clear from our first meeting that you are the person for this team. I wish you nothing but the best in Carolina and beyond. You will love Charlotte. To all the Panthers employees, staff, and the countless people who supported me and my family, thank you. Your tireless efforts to support me and to support me and my family, both on and off the field, didn't go unappreciated. You are the backbone of this organization, and I look forward to personally reaching out to you to express my gratitude in the coming weeks. Thank you to the fans. Panther Nation was always great to me. I heard all the cheers. I saw all the 88 jerseys. Just know I appreciate you all, and you made it fun to be a Panther. 
At this time, I have not closed the door on any potential career options. I still have the love of football in my heart and will explore all opportunities presented to me. While I don't know what my future holds, I am constantly reminded how blessed I am to be surrounded by my loving family, my amazing wife, Kara, who has been on my side through it all, my three children, Tate, TJ, and Talbot, who have shown me a purpose to life that is beyond measure, my parents, Sue and Chris, who introduced me to this game through their love showed or who introduced me to this game and through their love showed me what it meant to chase a dream. Our extended family members who have been our biggest fans and supporters over the years, I thank you all. I will be f- I will forever be grateful for the past nine years. I became the husband, father, son, brother, and athlete I am now, thanks to the Carolina community. Charlotte is our home. I hope you remember my time here as fondly as I do. I gave this team my all, and, and in return, you did too. Regardless of what path we choose, I will always be a Carolina Panther. That was the statement Greg Olson gave on Twitter on Thursday. So let's let's just kind of reminisce on the career that Greg Olson had. I mean, let's face it, he had... I mean, overall, he's had a tremendous career, if you also also include his time as a Chicago Bear. But even in his time as a Carolina Panther, he's going to go down as the greats. He is the franchise's all-time leading tight end in terms of receiving yards with 6,463, receptions with 524, and 100-yard receiving games with 10. And he ended up just five touchdowns behind Wesley Walls for most among tight ends in that category uh, in in franchise history. And he is third all-time in franchise history in receiving yards and receptions behind Steve Smith and Moosin Muhammad. And as an entire career, he is fifth all-time in league history among tight ends in both catches and yards. He has 718 catches for 8,444 receiving yards. Again, both those numbers, fifth all-time in league history. Greg Olson became the first tight end in NFL history to have three straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons. He did that in 2014, 2015, and 2016. He was a three-time Pro Bowler in his time with the Panthers, those same three years, 14, 15, and 16. Two-time AP All-Pro second team, and he is ninth all-time in receiving touchdowns with 59. And, of course, it's not just the the on-field stuff. It's the off-field stuff. Twice he's been named a finalist for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. He has his hardest yard program inspired by his son, inspired by his son TJ, excuse me, who was born with a severe congenital heart defect. So he and his wife created the hardest yard program to provide services and support for families facing similar challenges. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, I mean, really, what can you say about the time that Greg Olson spent here? The nine seasons that he's been with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he he certainly earned the nickname Mr. Reliable. He's been... He was always one of Cam Newton's favorite targets, if not the favorite target of Cam Newton. Uh, he was always there when you needed a big catch. Uh, he, he's just always there to to support you, uh, no matter no matter what it, what it takes. And you know it was felt too by some of the statements that some of the others in the organization made. So I'll read what uh, David Tepper said. He said, "Quote: Consistency is the word that comes to mind when I think about Gray." A leader, great teammate, unbelievable family man, and true professional. Greg brought passion and an intense, detailed work ethic, work ethic to the stadium every day. As the Jersey guy on the team, it was good to get to know Greg over the past two years, and he will be remembered as one of the best Panthers to ever play here. Greg and Kara's work in the community continues to positively impact so many families in our city and the Carolinas, unquote. And then Marty Herney said, quote, Greg's meant so much to this organization, and we have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He earned a reputation as one of the best tight ends in the league and served as a great leader and team captain. As special as he was for us on the field, his impact on the community is just as impressive. We are proud that he wore a Panthers uniform, unquote. So again, it's just it was just nine great seasons that uh, certainly you know was hampered by injuries over the last couple of years. Foot injuries hurt him in seventeen and eighteen, but he came back to play in fourteen games in twenty nineteen, finishing with fifty two receptions, five hundred ninety seven yards, and two touchdowns. So his numbers over the years, we'll just run through them. Uh, or at least his numbers in his time as a Carolina Panthers. Of course, he came to the Panthers in 2011 in that trade with the Chicago Bears. In his first year with the Panthers in 2011, he finished with 45 catches for 540 yards and five touchdowns. 2012, he had 69 catches, 843 yards, five touchdowns. 2013, 73 catches, 816 yards, six touchdowns. And then, of course, began the streak of three straight 1,000-yard seasons. In 2014, 84 catches, 1,008 yards, six touchdowns. 2015, 77 catches for what was a what became a career-high 1,104 receiving yards. And seven touchdowns. Not quite a career high there, though. He had eight receiving touchdowns in 2009 with the Bears. But he had seven and 15. And then in 16, he had 80 catches, 1,073 yards, three touchdowns. Then, of course, injuries limited him 
to seven games in 2017 where he totaled 17 catches, 191 yards, one touchdown. And then he played just nine games in 2018, 27 receptions, 291 yards, four touchdowns. Then, of course, he bounced back in 2019 playing in 14 games, 52 catches, 597 yards, two touchdowns. So, again, his career as a Carolina Panther, 524 catches, 6,463 receiving yards. And, again, both of those most all-time and 39 career touchdown grabs as a Panther, second to Wesley Walls. And then again for his career, 718 touched 718 catches, 8,444 receiving yards, 59 touchdowns. That is his career. So again, the question becomes is he going to play elsewhere in 2020? We also know that he has some broadcasting options uh, on the table. Because, again, we've, we've touched on this a couple times before. He's He actually called the game for Fox during the Panthers' Week 7 bye. He called the game between the Cardinals and the New York Giants. So he has that option, and we know he did a really good job with it. So Fox is ready to ready to write him the check, as it were, or CBS, whatever the case may be. I guess just kind of assumed Fox first because that's where he called his first game. But he has all these options. So again, definitely, uh, he could go there or he could play for another team. But nonetheless, it's going to feel pretty different. Actually, I should say it's going to feel quite different not having Greg Olson on this team because he certainly became a staple of the Carolina Panthers franchise. I mean, let's face it. The Panthers have been around now for 25 years. Olson was there for nine of them. So almost, almost a third of uh, – actually a little more than a third of – the Panthers' existence as a franchise have featured Greg Olson as the tight end. So there's no question that he at some point will be inducted into the Panthers' ring of honor. And I think you could definitely make a case, maybe not a first ballot, but you can definitely make the case that at some point Greg Olson will be enshrined in Canton, Ohio. And speaking of which, since this is coming out on Saturday, of course, today is the day that the 2020 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame will be inducted or will be voted on, I should say. So just to recap, the 15 players eligible or that are the modern-day finalists, Steve Atwater, Tony Baselli, Isaac Bruce, Leroy Butler, Alan Fanica, Tory Holt, Steve Hutchinson, Edron James, John Lynch, Sam Mills, of course, the one with the Panthers connection, three years as the great Panthers linebacker after he played for the Saints. Troy Polamalu, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, and Bryant Young. Those are the 15 finalists. 15 will become 10, and 10 will become the five lucky inductees. But at some point, Greg Olson will be on that list, I'm sure, as well as, of course, Luke Keekly. So... Uh, the, the Panthers have more or less added two players to their ring of honor 
in the last two weeks with Luke Keekley retiring and the Panthers deciding to move on from Greg Olson. Uh, the big thing now, of course, is, you know, what's the future of the position? You certainly look at Ian Thomas and really now it's just about being consistent with him. We, he's, he's shown flashes over his first two seasons. He's just got to be a lot more consistent in his, and his ability and his catching and just being more involved in the offense. So hopefully now he'll really get that opportunity as he'll be the top, as he'll be the top guy. I wouldn't be surprised though, if the Panthers do also look at drafting a tight end at some point, uh, maybe, you know, maybe at some point on day three, they'll probably look into grabbing that position. But uh, for now, Ian Thomas is the guy. And like I said, we just want to see him be more consistent and just be more involved in the offense. But again, very, uh, I don't know if I should say a somber day, but, you know, because you knew at some point it was coming, but uh, it, it's still it's still pretty tough, and it's still, again, going to be weird not having him on the team. But Greg Olson, no longer with the Carolina Panthers. Again, it's just a matter of where he will end up, if he's going to play one more year, or if, uh, or if, he decides to step away from the game because we 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 know to we saw how emotional he was after the final game against the Saints. You know, after after the regular season ended, he was very emotional because he knew that his future was definitely up in the air, and I think he knew deep down that he very likely played his final game as a Carolina Panther in uh, Thursday. Thursday made that official. He did indeed play his final game with the Carolina Panthers. So Greg Olson certainly will be missed in the Panthers organization, but we certainly wish him nothing but the best of luck uh, in his future endeavors, both on and off the field. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So with that, um, I want to give a shout out to our good friends over at the Queen City Beauty Group. And then I want to touch on the coaching hires that were officially announced on Friday. But of course, I want to give a shout out to our friends, Nichelle and Michael Mosley over at Queen City Beauty Group for their support this week and uh, all, th all throughout this time, really. Uh, Queen City Beauty Group, our friends down in Charlotte that offers transformational skincare services in Charlotte for anyone with skin. Owner-operator Nichelle Mosley is a 2018 and 2019 international award-winning skin specialist. She is a sought-after advisor on multiple professional peer-to-peer -peer platforms, and she has developed her own skin line or skincare line and invented an exfoliating mitt for everyday use. 
and she's already been booked in at least five skin specialist conferences in 2020 so far. And she specializes in treating diverse skin tones with life-changing results. Queen City Beauty Group provides professional results-oriented treatments and educates their clients on how to maintain continued results. And they take pride in exceeding clients' expectations. Queen City Beauty Group Moved to a new location yesterday, actually, January 31st, and they'll finally be opening the calendar to new customers, and they offer treatments for acne, age management, hyperpigmentation, skin tags, and so much more, and they are a boutique spa with only custom services, meaning every treatment is customized to the individual client's specific skin and condition, and Queen City Beauty Group is here to get you or help you get that special someone something they'll thank you for on Valentine's Day, which is less than two weeks away now. Uh, Queen City Beauty Group's Valentine's Day special, which is exclusive just to Locked On listeners, is only $79 and includes consultation and an amazing custom treatment with Nichelle at Queen City Beauty Group, a $50 gift certificate for a future visit or a re-gift, and a gift from Queen City Beauty Group. And they also offer monthly memberships at the 20% savings and individual appointments. So, again, book the Valentine's Day special today. Just $79, which is a $215 value, which includes consultation and an amazing custom treatment with Nichelle at Queen City Beauty Group. $50 gift certificate for a future visit or re-gift. And a gift from Queen City Beauty Group. So to book, just go to queencitybeautygroup.com, book the Valentine's special, and type locked on in the comments section of the appointment form. And again, shout out to them, Michelle and Michael, for their support here, not just to this podcast, but the other uh, Locked On Panthers and Locked On Hurricanes. So shout out to those guys. Really appreciate the support. So before we wrap it up here, I want to take a minute to look at the official coaching staff. The Panthers made that announcement on Friday as well. They've announced the full coaching staff for 2020. Again, we knew the top guys. Matt Rule, head coach. Uh, Joe Brady, offensive coordinator, Phil Snow, defensive coordinator, and Chase Blackburn as special teams coordinator. So now we'll list, now we'll run through the rest of the coaches. We, we knew that uh, Jake Peets was moving from running backs coach to quarterbacks coach in 2020. And he does have some, uh, he does have experience coaching in quarterbacks. He has 10 years total NFL experience. He's also spent time with the Jaguars, the Redskins, and the Raiders. He was the quarterbacks coach in Oakland in 16 and 17. Uh, he was, or he was, he coached quarterbacks in 16, 17. He was the assistant quarterbacks coach in 16 and the quarterbacks coach in 17. So he got to work with Derek Carr and Carr earned two of his three consecutive Pro Bowl selections working under Jake Peets. And then Matt Lombardi is the assistant quarterbacks coach. He was the quality control coach with the Miami Dolphins in 2019. And he is another Matt Rule connection at Baylor. He was with Rule in 17 and 18 as the offensive quality control coach. And Lombardi also has 
one year of experience as a scout for the Cleveland Browns in 2013. Jeff Nixon will be the senior offensive assistant and the running backs coach. He is another Baylor carryover with Matt Rule. He spent the last three seasons as Rule's co-offensive coordinator and running backs coach. Uh, and he also has 10 years coaching in the NFL. He's worked with the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. He got to work with Reggie Bush and Lamar Miller in Miami, coaching Bush to a career high. 1,086 rushing yards and six touchdowns in 2011. And Lamar Miller rushed for 1,099 yards and eight touchdowns in 2014. Brian Angelicchio will be the tight ends coach, spending last season as the Washington Redskins tight ends coach. He's also coached with the Buccaneers, the Browns, and the Packers. He has eight years of NFL experience and over 25 years of coaching experience. So great to have him. And if, you know, of course, we just talked about Ian Thomas. You know, here's the possibility to get him more consistent and involved in the offense. Frisman Jackson, the wide receivers coach, another. Baylor carry. I mean, you're going to hear me say this a lot. A lot of these players were with Matt Rule at Baylor. Frisman Jackson was the wide receivers coach for Matt Rule the last two years at Baylor. Also served as the Bears passing game coordinator. Jackson was also with Rule at Temple in 15 and 16. He has 12 years of coaching experience, including one year as the wide receivers coach for the Tennessee Titans in 2017. Pat Meyer will be the offensive line coach. He has over 20 years of experience in coaching, seven of which in the NFL, including the last three seasons as the offensive line coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And during that time, uh, in 2017, the Chargers offensive line allowed the league low 17 sacks, which was the fewest since 1982, which I believe is the year that uh, sacks became an official statistic. He's also coached with the Buffalo Bills and the Chicago Bears. Marcus Satterfield will be the assistant offensive line coach. Another Matt Rule carryover. He was the tight ends coach at Baylor in 2019 and was Baylor's director of recruiting in 2018. He also has some college head coaching experience. Satterfield was the head coach at Tennessee Tech in 16 and 17 and was Matt Rule's offensive coordinator at Temple in 13, 14, and 15. And then last on the offense, E.J. Barthel will be a coaching assistant. He was the running backs coach and recruiting coordinator last season at William & Mary. He also previously coached running backs at Howard, where he was also the player development coach. And, once again, has Matt Rule connections. He worked under Rule at Temple in 2016, when, where he was the director of on-campus recruiting and player personnel. Defensive side of the ball, we'll start with Al Holcomb, who returns to Carolina 
in 2020 as the defensive run game coordinator. He spent five years as the linebackers coach from 13 to 17. He has 25 years coaching experience, including 11 in the NFL with the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Browns. That's where he was last season. He was the def- He was in the same position, defensive run game coordinator with the Browns in 2019, and he was the defensive coordinator in 2018 under another former Panthers coach, Steve Wilkes, of course, the former defensive coordinator. Mike Fair comes over from the Indianapolis Colts to coach the defensive line. That's the position he spent the last two seasons as, Colts D-line coach. He has 21 years of coaching in football, or 21 years of just experience in football, 15 years of coaching nine of which as an assistant in the NFL. And he spent the last two years with the Colts. He spent a year with the Buccaneers and 14, uh, spent 11, 12, and 13 with the Bears, and spent 8, 9, and 10 with the Seattle Seahawks. He was also, he also has six seasons of experience, three years with the Seahawks and five, six, and seven. And he spent two, three, and four, oh, two, oh, three, oh, four, with the Buccaneers. Frank Oakham will be the assistant defensive line coach and once again connected to Matt Rule. He was the defensive line assistant under Rule at Baylor for the last two seasons. Also coached the defensive line at Rice University for four years. Mike Sarava will be the linebackers coach for the Panthers. He held that position and the special teams coordinator under Matt Rule at Baylor for the last three years. He also was with Rule for four years at the same position at Temple. And he also has some time at Boston College because we talked about before his name came up. He worked with Luke Keekley when Keekley was still at Boston College. So Saravo will be the linebackers coach. Jason Simmons will be the defensive pass game coordinator as well as the secondary coach. He spent uh, he spent the same or he was in the same position last season, or at least coaching the defensive backs for the Green Bay Packers last season. And in total, he spent nine years in Green Bay filling a number of roles, including defensive backs coach, secondary coach, assistant special teams coach, and administrative assistant. He also has 10 years of playing experience in the NFL, playing with the Steelers and the Texans. Evan Cooper will be the cornerbacks coach. Most recently was the assistant cornerbacks coach at Baylor, as well as the team's recruiting coordinator, and was also the director of player personnel at Temple after serving as a graduate assistant there. Cedric Whitaker will be one of the coaching assistants on defense, spent last season coaching cornerbacks at Houston Baptist, also spent two years as a graduate assistant working with the defensive backs on Matt Rule's staff at Baylor, where he assisted with defensive signal calling and communicating defensive and special teams adjustments. Grant Udinsky will be another coaching assistant on defense. He was a excuse me, he was a football operations assistant at Baylor in 2019 
and his, which was actually obviously the guy's really young. He just finished up his playing career as a defensive lineman for Towson in 2018. So young kid there. Uh, Ed Foley will be the assistant special teams coach. He was an analyst in a non-coaching role for Baylor in 2019. Previously spent 11 years in a variety of roles at Temple, including special teams coordinator from 15 to 18. And 18, Temple blocked five kicks and scored six special teams touchdowns. And then the strength and conditioning coach will be Jeremy Scott, who another another uh, Matt Rule carryover did that for all seven years that Matt Rule was at Baylor and Temple. In fact, from 17 to 19, Scott led the Bears strength and conditioning program as the director of athletic performance, and then he was spent four years as the head strength and conditioning coach at Temple from 13 to 17. Also has stints at Princeton and Penn State. So Penn State connects. Penn State connection there as well with Matt Roll. And then Matthew Delgado will be the assistant to the head coach. And again, spent the last six years with uh, with Matt Roll, the last three at Baylor, and then three years at Temple. He was director of football technology before being promoted to director of football operations before the start of the 2019 season. He was the video coordinator at Temple, and prior to that, he was director of video operations at the NFL and pro liaison at the University of New Hampshire. So, a lot of Baylor experience, obviously. Uh, no, and I think some. I saw someone on Twitter make note of it. No one on this coaching staff has NFL head coaching experience. Whereas, you know, for comparison's sakes. You look at a team like the New York Giants, who hired Joe Judge as head coach. He obviously doesn't have NFL uh, head coaching experience, but he now has two guys at least. There, there might be another, but two guys off the top of my head that have been NFL head coaches. Obviously, the big one is Jason Garrett, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Giants. And then the Giants also hired Freddie Kitchens as their tight ends coach. So there's two guys right there who just came out of being head coaches last season that can kind of guide Joe Judge. Panthers don't have any of that. This is It's quite obvious, and, and we knew this was happening, and he took full advantage. Matt Rule controlled the staff, and he wanted his guys. And again, he's bringing a lot of guys from Baylor. I mean, let's run through real quick. Uh, Nixon, so he's got Nixon coming in from Baylor. Frisman Jackson, uh, Satterfield. He's got Oakham. He's got Saravo. He's got Cooper. He's got Whitaker. He's got Udinsky. He's got Foley. He's got Scott. He's got Delgado. That's 11 people right there that pretty much have had some sort of connection with Matt Rule at Baylor or Temple, whatever the case may be, or really all all Baylor. 11 of his assistants, 11 people on his staff have a connection to him. So he's going to roll with his guys. That's that's how Matt Rule is, it, it looks like. He's going to roll 
you know, he, he's going to roll with the guys that got him there. You know, these all these all these assistants obviously were very successful in helping him put Baylor back on the map. He's going to hope for the same achievement with the Carolina Panthers. So that's the coaching staff. Uh, really excited to watch it play out. Uh, excited to get to talk to Matt a little more at the scouting combine in just a little over three weeks. It's hard to believe it's uh, it's there. And uh, oh yeah, that's right. There is of course some game called Super Bowl Fifty Four tomorrow. It's hard to believe that. That game is here. I mean, this is it. This is the end. This is the last hurrah for the 2019 season. Super Bowl 54, the Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm really excited for this game. I think it's going to be a really good one. I think it's definitely going to be uh, pretty high scoring. Both offenses obviously look good. I think the key, the key I've been saying for a while specifically for the Chiefs, has been that I think the Chiefs need to really focus on the 49ers run game. I think their best their best chance to win is to dare Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them. And if he does, then so be it. But you know, of course all the talk has been Jimmy Garoppolo has not really thrown much in these playoffs. In fact, I remember seeing a stat when I was watching NFL Network uh, during Senior Bowl week, it said Jimmy Garoppolo has not thrown 30 passes in a game since week 15. That's crazy to think. So you figure the two games since then, week 16 and 17, the Niners, of course, had the bye, and then they had the two playoff games, and then they had off this week. So you figure you're talking a month and a half because week 15, that's that was the middle of December. So you're talking about six weeks since Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown 30 passes in a game. Now, obviously it's been very successful It you know, the Niners won the games at the end of the season that they needed to without having him throw a lot. They got the number one seed uh, and they, really were not challenged in the playoffs. Let's be honest. The Vikings didn't give them much competition, and they obliterated the Packers in the NFC title game. So there's no question that this formula has worked. But with the Chiefs' defense, they can be able to shut down or at least slow down uh, Raheem Mostert or whoever is running the ball for the Niners. You know, it looks like Tevin Coleman's good to go. In fact, they had the final injury report yesterday. Not one player on either team has an injury designation for this game, which is, I mean, that's as good as you can get. That That's all you can ask for going into the Super Bowl is that not one player has an injury designation. Everybody, you know, there were a couple 49ers players that I think were limited a little bit earlier in the week, but they were all full goes on Friday. So everybody's ready to go, which, you know, certainly makes it tough. You know, I've talked about this rule before. It certainly sucks that obviously seven players on each team are still going to have to be deemed inactive, which, you know, especially for this game, I, I think is kind of unfortunate. I kind of wish for this game, you know, especially for this game, uh, especially in a situation like this, let them just run all 53 players. But uh, that, 
you know, unfortunately, the rule is they will still have to each knock off uh, seven players and have the 46-man roster. But again, injury-wise, can't ask for anything more. All 53 players on the 49ers and all 53 players on the Chiefs are all full go. They're all ready to go for tomorrow. So that's great to see. But like I said, the, the Chiefs, so whoever's running the ball, I think the Chiefs have the ability to slow them down. So I think it's really going to have to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo if the 49ers are going to win this game. But to me, I just think Patrick Mahomes just elevates the Chiefs that much higher. And that's why my pick is Chiefs 34, 49ers 27. And so for the first time in 50 years, the Kansas City Chiefs will host will hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Now, uh, side note, you know, or footnote. Keep in mind, my playoff predictions haven't been the greatest. I did go, you know, because I am a bit of a kiss of death. So if you're a 49ers fan, uh, don't give up on hope yet. Because Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.